This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Come in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam. The Chiefs won, but it sure didn't feel good. It did, I don't feel like a winner. Do either of you guys feel like winners tonight? I feel like I need to drink like Clorox. and It would be less painful than that football game. Sterling? It's horrible, man. It's absolutely horrible. As you can see, yeah, I am drinking. This is bourbon. Um, I'm dressed up like Sherlock Holmes because I'm trying to find the offense, trying to find what has happened with Andy Reid. That was miserable. That was maybe the most unsatisfying victory I have ever watched. Yeah, yeah. You know, last week uh, I for the Titans game, I said it was the Chiefs' masterpiece. It was their their most complete bad game of the season. And they topped it up, topped it off, uh, or, or did a follow-up with this game, which was their most complete, horrible victory of the season. I don't know what to I don't know what to make of it, guys. I mean, they're just absolutely putrid. I know what to make the of putrid. it. Putrid. I know yeah. what to make Go of it. Ahead. They, Go they ahead. Stink. Unleash. That's, they do. No, I mean, honestly, look, this doesn't take do. do I really need does anyone really need dynamite analysis? Like they stink. <laughs> they're basically the giants in red. Okay. That game. The only reason they won that game was Trey Smith fell on a, on a Mahomes fumble because Mahomes was scrambling around like a moron on third down with the ball out. I, I don't know. Like, what what are you doing? This has been all year since the Baltimore game. One bad decision for, from the next, from a guy who, listen, I firmly believe is going to have a great career. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But he, he is going through it right now. Like on the halftime show – I basically compared him to a, a, a slugger in the middle of a lineup who just is striking out all the time. He just cannot get a hit. You're not going to trade the guy. You're not going to give up on that guy. But he's been terrible. And at some point, like it, you have to acknowledge the fact he's been terrible. And I see a lot of people in the chat saying, well, what about Kelsey? What about Kelsey? Oh, look, that's it's fair. Kelsey was nowhere to be found tonight. He had a big play late. 
But at some juncture, though, teams are just doubling the hell out of Travis Kelsey. They're doubling the hell out of Tyree Kill because nobody can get open. Demarcus Robinson never gets open. Josh Gordon is in witness protection. Tyreek Hill actually had a good game tonight, but it typically was on short throws. And at some point, at some juncture, you have to just be real about it. And I think I think Andy Reid and Spags, we'll get to that defense later, Reid has done just an atrocious job with this offense this year. What are you doing? The first drive of the game, they come out, they're playing the quick game. I know it ends in a pick, but they move right down the field. They then spent the better part of the last three quarters just trying to force balls down the field, going away from a run game. I mean, Derek Gore, at the end of the first half, looked like Walter Payton, and the guy's just nowhere to be found the entire rest of the game. Like, what What did he do to get benched in that game? What was it? Would he look at somebody, give him a cross look in the locker room? Was he, was he running with too much vision and speed? They got nervous? They needed to put the Rell Williams back in there? Like, I just do not understand what – the fuck this team looks at on a day-in-day-out basis. I mean, Neiman and Sorensen in there is just a train wreck defensively. We'll get to that. They won the game, but who cares? You're never, you're not beating anybody decent playing like this. Sterling, thoughts? Uh, yeah, that was a counter. The F-bomb counter for, for Verderam. We're at one oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, I tweeted it out. It was one and a half. It was one and a half, so we're yeah, oh, really? overhead yeah. tonight. Yeah, 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 Vegas is losing their – they're losing their touch. Um, yeah, I tweeted out before the episode, look, if you've got kids, get, just get them out of the room. It's not going to be pretty. Look, I, you know, I got, it was such a weird game because you're right, Matt, when they came out, I was, I was thrilled. I was so happy. All the things that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks on this podcast, throw it to your running backs, throw some slants, throw some, just get it outside, throw it underneath. They were just marching right down the field. And what happened? They did exactly what they always do. They get a stupid deflection interception, and then they just kind of—I don't know—I I do feel like they went back back to it a little bit more than than you were indicating. Like there were spots in the game where I felt like they were going to it. At least like Mahomes was. Mahomes was going to his checkdown in the second half, but it was not like that first drive. That first drive was like a, a textbook of how it was designed. The first drive, right? Yeah, it was designed. They were, they were, they, they were they trying to enough quick. plays. Right, right. I mean, the ball was coming out immediately. They were trying to get into a rhythm. They were getting into the hands of their playmakers, and that all went away. Why can't they do that for an entire game? I I don't know. I just do not understand. Like, you know all week. All week they spent, hey, we can't turn the ball over. We can't turn the ball over. The first damn drive of the game. And it's a throw that Gordon's wide open. But Mahomes tries to wail it in there. And I get a hit McKinnon in the face mask. No running backs catching that ball. That ball's 100 miles an hour. And it gets, good, it gets bounced off his face, mask up in the air. Then they have a drive in the fourth quarter. Mahomes fumbles the ball. I, on a third down, where you know you've got a pass rush closing in on it because you've been holding the ball for four or five seconds, Kelsey fumbles the ball. Can't happen. It's just – it's an epidemic with this team. They just cannot stop. How many penalties did they have tonight? Did anybody have that in front? I think it was 12. 11 or 12. At least 11. I mean, it's just yeah. – it's insane. But again, and I talked about this last week, and I'll shut up and let you guys go. There is no accountability on this football team. None. None. For the coaches, for the players. You look at the game. The two touchdowns they gave up, what happened? Sorensen gets beaten man coverage. Neiman gets beaten man coverage. Why the fuck are they on the field? Why? How many times? How many times do you have to do this before you go, geez, you know what? I don't know. Maybe Willie Gay at some point. 
I don't know, maybe Armani Watts, maybe anybody else who's breathing and alive and on the sideline, anyone. Like, I, I don't know how you continuously do this and just never come to the conclusion, like, geez, you know what, that's an issue. And to be fair, I thought their defense, for the most part, was much better tonight. I know the Giants are not a good team, but I thought the defense actually got some pass rush tonight. I thought Frank Clark played the best game he's played all year long. I thought Jones was active tonight. I know he had a couple penalties, but he was active. Bolton was good. I think I think Gay, even with even the interception aside, I thought he was great. Their corners were good. But at some point, it is on your coaching staff. Like you cannot put those two guys out on the field in man coverage ever. I don't care where they are in the field. It is unbelievable if they continue to do it. They're so lucky they're four and four and not one and seven right now. They are a disaster from soup to nuts. It is a miracle they're at five hundred. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton were fantastic. And by the way, right. Jaron Reed, this might have been the first game all season long I saw he was making an impact. Agreed. He probably had three or four yep. stops on Devontae Book at the line of scrimmage. I go, finally, a Reed sign. Late game, we rip on Frank Clark, Chris Jones, the money they're making, and they haven't shown up nearly all season long. But give credit where credit's due. Game on the line, they showed up in a big way. So if I'm going to rip on them all season long, I do want to give them credit when they actually show up finally. And by the way, guys, who, who led the team in tackles tonight? Who are the top two guys? Bolton with 11, Gay with nine. Now, I, yeah. you get it. Your linebackers are supposed to make the tackles. But how many times – go look at the box score this year where they're, they're leading tacklers like Tyron Matthew or it's Dan Sorensen or it's Juan Thornhill. They're, if, they, if they bench either one of those guys when Hitchens comes back, there should be a revolt. There should be an honest-to-God revolt. If they, Their three linebacker packages should be those two guys and Hitchens going forward, and then when they go to two-down linebackers, it should be Hitchens coming off the field. Those kids could play. Like, if there's anything I've learned with the Chiefs so far right now, they're best served by youth. Their young guys can play. That's the, that's the best news coming out of this year so far. On both sides of the ball, they got some good young kids on this team. The problem is you got a coaching staff who just refuses to trust them, and they, they keep jamming these guys out here I mean, Ben Neiman at this point, you actually can see the port for the embalming fluid. It's over. It's over. They should have an open casket viewing it. <laughs> he can't even move at this point. Stop putting him on the field. It, it, it ha- but they have the guys now. It's not like they have nobody else. They have other guys. But this team, this, I mean, we'll get into it. There are just so many issues with them right now. Really quickly, Verderam, I think the biggest issue is this team goes, we've been to back-to-back Super Bowls. Why change it? It's worked before in the past. Why change? The NFL, year over year, teams were deciding we need to try and beat the Chiefs. They all adjusted. Kansas City's sitting here going, well, we don't need to adjust because we've done it. And we're seeing it. It's caught up to them. And it's almost a refusal of adjustment. I love Andy Reid. All these people saying they need to fire Andy Reid. Take a chill pill. If a guy dressed like Sherlock Holmes drinking bourbon is the voice of reason, you need to calm down. Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame head coach. He's Guys go through slumps. Guys, it takes time to figure it out. Sure, I hate as much as you guys when he says they were playing, what, two deep safeties and we couldn't beat it. Eventually, though, these Hall of Fame coaches, they will figure it out. They're four and four. Let Andy Reid, the coach has been two, two Super Bowls, at least have time to try and figure this out. No, there's no question. There's no question. Patrick, I, I don't know if we lost you. We can't see video on you right now. but it, um, I'm still here, but I'll be back. 
Okay. No, it's, all, I, it's fine. We can, we can chat it up. Listen, I see a lot of the comments, guys. By the way, give a thumbs up on YouTube if you haven't already. Please subscribe to the channel. If you like our stuff, get Sterling. Matt Connor's not here tonight, but he does great work. You have me. I'm the anchor of the show, but it is what it is. And you got Patty. Okay, look, um, you cannot fire these coaches. That's crazy. Okay, if Andy Reid got fired, half the league would try to hire him. Everybody goes through slumps, guys. We all do. It, 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 it's, it's human nature, okay? And I, and I have absolutely been ripping the crap out of them all season because I do not think the coaches have done a good job. I think, but you know what? Mahomes, you're not, look, I saw somebody earlier say he's a half billion dollar bust. Now, come on. He's having a bad year. He is. But come on now. If, if they cut Patrick Mahomes, everybody in the league would be trying to sign him as a starting quarterback. He's having a bad year. He's turning the ball over too much. So we could all agree on that. Yes. But, I, and I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. I think with him, it is mental right now. It is way more. I just think he's in his own head, and he just they need to find a way to get out of it. He, he's Chuck Knoblocking it right now. He's got the yips. Yep. That's exactly what it is. He's in this weird mind space of trying to push the ball downfield and a weird mind space of feeling like he can't. They're double-teaming Travis Kelsey, like you said, nearly every single possession. No other wide receiver outside of Tyreek's getting open. And he feels like he needs to make a play. He feels like the defense isn't good enough. The defense isn't good enough. But he's trying to make plays happen that aren't there. I understand it. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Just to, to me, the most frustrating aspect is we need to take at least one step back. Do, do we think that the Chiefs were going to make the Super Bowl every single year? To me, though, the most right, right. frustrating aspect is I expected them to at least not make the playoffs or have bad seasons when they were just completely banged up. Every team goes through injuries. This Chiefs team this year has not had extremely major injuries. Sure, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they've missed a game here and there. Kelsey. Largely healthy. Hell, yeah. Th- this has been a healthy season. <laughs> that might be the most alarming aspect of this. I, I yeah, wonder. It's, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. No, no, yeah, I'm so, sorry about that. I think my, uh, my, my technical setup here is, is working out just about as well as the Chiefs offense right now. Screen <laughs> went black. Um uh, the whole setup just went totally comatose on me. Um, I got I, I want to ask you guys because I just like this is a question that I, I I've been sort of avoiding because I was like this is crazy. But I'll, th- I'll throw it to you, Verderim. Is Mahomes broken? Has he lost his confidence? Not, I'm not saying is he not good anymore, but there's there's a mental aspect to sports. And well, we, what we has were just talking this about this. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's mental with him right now. I think, I think, and, and I don't still only put it the best way. He's got the yips. He just does. I mean, it's almost like you're waiting for something bad to happen. I don't think he's broken in the sense like he's just going to go down the, down the tube. Like, guys have bad – I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had years he hasn't played. Well, Brady has had a couple of years of his career. Well, I mean, hell, New England didn't want him back. Okay? <laughs> it happens. Guys have bad years. And Mahomes, by the way, for him is having a bad year. For a normal quarterback is still having a year that a lot of guys would take in a heartbeat. But the turn the turnovers are what's killing him. It's just I think it's a combination of he's not playing. Well, I see Chiefs guy throw Mahomes under the bus. You also said trade Mahomes. Listen, Chiefs guy, you're my guy. I, they're not trading Mahomes. If they trade Mahomes, they should just they, just, they should sell the stadium. Okay, yeah, listen. Yeah. Sometimes guys, it's frustrating as hell. You can obviously tell how I feel about all them right now. You can't go off the deep end and start with this stuff where oh they got to trade Mahomes. You got, we got to be better than that. All right, like they, this is not. Like we all pride ourselves in the show being emotional for me, certainly, but also like some somewhat intelligent. We can't be fire this guy, fire that guy, fire that like, guys. That's not that's not fixing anything. They're not. They need to adjust. But I, I will say this: 
I think I think we have already seen we've already seen two. Yeah, it's my office, but same. Uh, uh, Sterling, he's he's drinking his bedroom. Good for him. I, yeah, you. it's um, actually the, the guest bedroom. It's the bourbon bedroom. That's right. That's right. It's the bedroom when you pass out and have too much shame to go in your own bedroom. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's just they are going through it right now. They just are. And it's it's not – look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's excusable. It's not excusable. They stink, and they should be getting it corrected. This isn't okay. They're way too talented to be four and four. That sucks. Four and four sucks. That being said, look, the answer doesn't lie in, in firing the coaching staff and firing Veach and firing Mahomes. And fi- the answer is figuring it out. And I, I think they've made some adjustments defensively, but Neiman and Sorensen, for the love of Christ, get rid of them. I, I, those are two adjustments. I do not know how they have made And offensively. I don't know. Look, the adjustment is to go to more of the quick game. And also, and I know the analytics people hate it. I don't care. You need to run the ball. They were killing them running the ball. And then they have stretches where, like, Andy just doesn't believe in it anymore. You have to run teams out of it. And you hear NFL players time and again say this shit. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then some guy from, like, pro football focus is like, no, no, no. My analytics say you've got to go deep on first and ten. Like, fuck your analytics. Run the ball. It's a light box. Run the ball. Get it to second and four. Get it to third and one. And they don't do it. And that that stuff to me is just ignorance and it and it's bravado and it's costing them. Yeah, the Chiefs ran the ball 27 times for 107 yards in this game. So they were averaging four yards per carry. Mahomes drug their average down a little bit because he ran three times for 10 yards, only 3.3. But Derek Gore was averaging 4.4 yards per carry. He had 11 carries for 48 yards. Uh, Williams was it was was okay as well, but was under four yards per carry. It's just I. And listen, I want to pause real quick. Thank you for there's a ton of you out there watching the stream. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast, Sterling Holmes, Matt Berger, and Patrick Allen. If you could do us a favor on the YouTube, if you could hit that thumbs up button, it'll help more people find the stream. And if you're not subscribed, you got to subscribe because we're doing these shows all the time. They're they're a lot of fun. Even uh, well, they're fun to do. Actually, it's good therapy for us because I don't know what I would just be. I would be like Sterling. I'd be sitting in my guest bedroom just down in a bottle of Jack Daniels right now if I didn't have this. Um, so I'll probably only get through half the bottle later. So hit, hit those thumbs up. There's 342 of you out there watching. Let's get to 300. Let's make that our goal by the end of the show. 300 would be a record for us. All right, we get back to the football. So on on the offensive side of the ball, let's start breaking some of this down a little bit, okay? I know a lot of you out there in the chat are asking this question. You see Derek Gore. He runs well in the preseason. You see him come in into this game. And you're not happy with CEH. Daryl Williams, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. He comes in, he looks like Walter Payton, right? Um, so <laughs> Sterling Holmes, do we need more Derek Gore? Should he should he supplant Daryl Williams? We saw a handful of snaps from him and he looked good. Should he be the number two and fighting for the number one when CEH comes back? I mean, go with the hot hand. I I, I'm one of the the leaders of running backs don't make a huge difference. I think the offensive line is what makes the difference. But Derek Gore was finding the holes in this game. We needed to see more Derek Gore. This offensive line, to be frank, is built around the run game. Orlando Brown Jr., as we've seen time and time again, when he gets pushed back, when Patrick keeps drifting back 12 yards, that's not his game. Orlando Brown Jr. is best in the run game. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. These guys are large human beings. They get good pushes up front. I think CH really struggled when it came to finding the, the holes. There were holes there. Derek Gore, Gore found them. So 
I say, I don't care that it's a first round tender. It's a sunk cost. I was king of never draft a running back in the first round. It's a sunk cost. If Derek Gore is going to give you the best chance to win, at least on first and second down, I think Clyde's probably more valuable on third down as far as the pass catcher, then do what works. At some point, same thing with, with Frank Clark. If, if Dana's outperforming him, put in Dana. I'm not saying this game. I'm just saying in general. Sunk costs are a thing in the NFL. It's a sunk cost in real life, sunk cost in the NFL. Whoever's performing, play that guy. No doubt. No doubt. Derek Gore's def- I, uh, shout out to my old man who, by the way, watched the preseason and watched Derek Gore run like three times. I was like, that guy, put that guy on the field. Has an incredible history of doing that, by the way. It's uncanny. But regardless, look, Derek Gore is the fastest running back they have on this team. Like, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. But the thing I like the most about Gore, God, he had good vision. He has good jump cuts, good feet. He was able to hit those holes. Look, Edwards Alaire, if there's one criticism I have more than anything, the guy's in mud when he runs. It's so hard for him to move. It's like it's like turning an 18-wheeler to get him to move laterally. He just can't do it. Williams, I think, sees the hole, but he can't he he doesn't have the speed. Gore has the speed. Gore can hit it. And you know, Sean, you're spot on about the line. I don't, I don't have the issues with some, that some people do with Orlando Brown. I think a lot of it is the fact that Mahomes drops way too deep, and, and most tackles just are not used to that. Their strength is their three guys in the interior, okay? It's Tooney, it's Humphrey, it's Smith. The, you should be pounding the ball behind those guys. Those guys move mountains. I mean, it, there was the one play, and somebody just mentioned it in the chat. It went by. I'm sorry. But somebody mentioned the pancake that Smith had. I mean, Smith killed that guy on a – I would have run that play 10 times in that game. You think that guy wanted to get hit again after that hit? I, that, and that is my biggest criticism of Reed this year. That drive before half, you run the ball down their throat. I mean, that's the kind of a drive. That takes the soul out of a defense. You come out of half, you get to stop, and they completely go away from it. Like, Why? Why? Just run it at them. Make them stop. I'm not saying run every single down, but if you run on first and 10 and it's second and six, you pound that mother again. I don't care. Run it up in there again. Demoralize them. Take it. And, but the Chiefs want to do, and somebody said this in the chat, and they're right. The Chiefs have no patience. They have no patience. It, they, just, they cannot be bothered to just methodically go down the field. I'm telling you, if they ever could do it for two or three straight drives, teams would come out of the shell that they play. But the Chiefs don't do it for long enough, and teams just figure, screw it. We'll stay in this, and eventually they're going to throw the ball. Yeah, and when they get to the red zone, they either you know, don't, don't get it in the end zone and have to kick a field goal, well, or they're, they're terrible turnover. And so, again, if you're these other teams, it's just like I was, I was on the radio in Kansas City this morning, and I said, teams are just – they're just going to do this. And, and the thing that's amazing is that the Chiefs know what they're going to do. You know, you go into most games and most offenses, they got to go and they go like, we got to figure out how this defense is going to play us. They got to break down film. They got to look at tendencies. They got to look at all these things. The Chiefs don't have to do that. They know exactly what they're getting every week. Not, every team is like looking at all the tape from the entire season. They're like, all we got to do is play this shell coverage and we got a really good chance to beat this team. And the Giants, the Giants at Arrowhead on Monday Night Football had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Andy Reid. With Daniel Jones, the whole offense is hurt. There's no Saquon Barkley. I just don't I, – I, It's they're broken. The offense is completely broken. And it's they were very efficient early in the season, but other than the turnovers, 
But now it's like the defense started to play a little bit better. And it's like the offense is just, it's like they got hit on the head really hard. And they don't they don't know where they're at. It's like they're all in the concussion protocol. Bertram, like I'm about what? to put myself in the concussion protocol. <laughs> no, right. Is there any way that they can dig out of this? Yes. Yes. But but I mean at some point you've just got to do it. Right. Like I'm not giving I'm done giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, these people every week, well, you know, if we just stop turning the ball over, yeah, well, no shit. I mean, but at some point, you just keep doing it. You know, I mean, if if at some juncture, you have to just figure it out. And they don't do it. And I see, you know, uh, uh, Ryland in the, in the chat saying, like Matt said before, why not use Tyreek out of the backfield? I mean, why the hell not? Put him back there. Cause a mismatch. I'm not even saying you got to run the ball with him or anything, but, like, put him in the backfield. Make the defense have to adjust. How are you going to defend him? Now you're getting a- angles uh, that you don't normally get. You're getting routes you might not get. I don't understand how no one on this, this team thinks this. And, by the way, Andy Reid – is one of the great play callers in NFL history. He's a genius of an offensive mind. So you know he can do it. And, and yes, thank you. Ready whipping here. The trick-or-treat play needs to go away. That play made me want to throw up all of myself. You're moving the ball right down the field. I know, Patrick, I saw your tweets. You and I are on opposite ends of this. Opposite side. I don't I don't care if it's work. It's stupid. Like you're moving the ball right down the field. And hey, you know what's great? Let's get Kelsey lined up in the backfield and then flip it to Mahomes. You can't even execute a normal play. And you're trying to do this bullshit on second and goal at the five? Like, what? It drives you insane. It drives you. It's just so – but you know what? And I'll shut up after this. It speaks to the idea that we're just so much smarter than you, that we don't have to do the fundamentals because we can just do whatever the hell we want. And it's, it's, again, it goes to the larger point of accountability. There's no accountability. There's none. They turn it over. Nobody gets nobody gets benched. Nothing happens. Not that I expect Mahomes to get benched, but nothing happens. Nobody gets yelled at. It's totally fine. Eh, they got torched again, memeing again. Eh, he's going to come back and play another 50 snaps. It's all that crap rolled into one. And that's why it takes a, a friggin' field goal with a minute left to beat the Giants at Arrowhead. Yeah, I'm on the opposite side of this. So I'm going to take a lot of heat for this because everybody's mad. But – those plays are what make the Chiefs the Chiefs. That those plays are the play that those those are the reasons why the players like playing for Andy. He lets them design some of those plays. And you can make the argument, and I and I would maybe even tend to agree with you that hey, you got to start playing better before you get to draw up your own plays in the, in the red zone and those types of things. But like I feel like taking that stuff away in a season that's already going terribly is not going to help this team. It's just going to make them tighter. And I think what Andy's trying to do. It's have them loosen up a little bit. Nobody cared when they did the Rose Bowl parade play in the Super Bowl. Because they were great. Right. Yes, right. it works. You know, you know, if they get You're down three there. three and four against the if Giants. They, if they get yeah. down there, if they get down there in the red zone and they run it up the gut, right, straight up the middle, and they get a one-yard gain, everybody's going to be on Twitter being like, why are we just running right into the gut? They, no. Yeah, it was fans, everybody Dude. gets high strung. They get no. high strung and they all start bitching and they all start moaning. Come on, bring it. I'm gonna I'm dying on this hill. Run the no. trick plays, Andy. Do you Take keep these down, teams they ran <laughs> other plays that worked for them right. during that game? Those some of those tosses, some of those other things that worked because of the movement, because of the creativity. Um, credit the Giants. They just made a good play. Nothing bad happened. Pat threw it away. It could have happened on on any regular play. They wasted they it have. down. That's yeah. what happened. And then they Everybody up. hates me now. I'm a pariah. Burt Reynolds is about to be the moderator right here, the most moderate guy here. Typically, I enjoy the 
trick plays to an extent. I agree to an extent that this allows the Chiefs players to be loose. They have fun. They enjoy playing for Andy Reid. I get all that. But it only works when you're up and you're up 17. It works when you're having fun. If you're doing it in a game when you're three and four against the Giants and that's what you come up with, then you have to throw an interception because you're trying to force something the next play. That's horrendous. You are moving the ball so effectively. You are moving the ball like it was nothing, like you were supposed to do against this too high safety look. Why do a trick play in that scenario? It's asinine, Patrick. It's asinine. It's there, there, I have supporters. I have supporters in the chat. There's a hashtag. There's a hashtag going around of the folks that are going to support me on this one. I appreciate you guys. Listen, and we're up to 120 likes in the in the in the YouTube chat. Let's keep them going. We're aiming for 300. We may not get there, but let's go for it. Um, listen, well, I, I, no, I, I, I'm going to double down this real quick. And Brit okay, and I do okay. quick. Very that nice. that play when you're <laughs> three and four and you're sucking ass up and down the field the entire season. That's like if I had a lien on my on my my house. The mortgage was two months past due. You know, I couldn't afford groceries. And I went out and said, hey, honey, guess what? I just bought a Lexus. What do you think? We can finance it? Like, you buy a Lexus when you can afford to buy a Lexus. Until then, you walk your ass to the grocery store. You stink. I, I could not. My head was going to explode when they ran that play. Good example. I mean, you could just see it coming. You could just see it coming. And you're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the best thing that happened to that play was nothing. Then they throw the ball away. But I just I, – I, and, yes, somebody just said uh, – I'm sorry, T.C. Riley said it. You're on a trick play when Mike White is your quarterback, not Mahomes. I also agree with that, too. Like, hashtag – what have we got a hashtag add on crack? Russell, my boy. That's right. No, no, listen, if they, if, they, if they completed that play, nobody would have been bitching and complaining. They but wouldn't they have been. No, but they but but it wasn't because it wasn't because they didn't not complete it because they ran a trick play. They didn't complete it because the Giants played disciplined on defense and they didn't bite on it. But if they had completed it, you and you and all you in the chat with your hashtag Patrick needs a nanny would have all been like, Andy Reid's a genius. That was awesome. You would all went fucking berserk and you know it. You know know it. Listen, I wouldn't have. You would have. You would have. It's stupid. I'm so, and, I've again, seen you. And, and, I've and seen I, you go berserk when I, they made those plays. Of, of course, you, yes. When they've been good, <laughs> I, I, I will. I'm not going to go any further than to say I really believe Matt over Pat. Hilarious hashtag. I really believe that it speaks to a bigger problem with this team. It really does. It speaks to the idea that like hey, everything's good, everything's fine. Like they, I don't, I don't give a rip if they're having fun. Are you having fun? Is anyone in this chat having fun? Because I got to tell you, I'm, the only reason I'm having any fun is because I get paid for this. That's I'm it. having fun. Okay? Yeah, you're having fun because you're drinking. You're going to be in that bed in about 20 minutes. Okay? I, For me, I'm having fun because I'm getting paid for it. If I wasn't getting paid for this, I mean, I'd, I'd still be watching. I'm a Chiefs fan, but good Lord, I would have about four of those drinks Sterling's had. Okay? I mean, I'd be about a half a bottle deep into the scotch upstairs. It is brutal, this team. And to run that play just speaks to the unending hubris of this football thing. It's fine. It's whatever. It's enough. It's enough. Run the ball. How about that? Like, how about just scoring a touchdown instead of worrying about how many style points you get on it? And, and, and again, Arrowhead Attic Podcast, we love you out there in the chat. Thank you for your support. You know, one of the reasons I love doing this show, and there are a lot of chief shows out there, but I think we've got the best one. And the reason I think that is because you're going to get 
some unfiltered opinions here. And I don't think all the other chief shows out there are going to bring you those types of opinions. I think that that's what's really special about what we do here. We're not afraid to give the Chiefs a little bit of business when they deserve it, or a lot of business in the case of, of Verderam there. Uh, we're not beholden to the Chiefs or anybody on the team, and you're going to get straight dope from us. Uh, and right now, this is just a, it, it, to Matt's point, is just a disaster of a season for them, even at four and four, because if you're looking at the schedule, I mean, my God, they're going to get creamed next week against the Green Bay yeah. Packers. There yeah, is not- no reason. We've given them the benefit of the doubt. I like literally was on the radio this morning in Kansas City on NPR, and I said, I think the Chiefs are going to turn it around. I think they're only going to lose maybe two or three more games the rest of the season because I thought they were going to come in, and I thought they were going to play their first complete game of the season, something that they absolutely have not done. And instead, it was just like all the other games. And at this point, they've just lost the benefit of the doubt from, from all of us. And until they actually play a couple complete games in a row against good teams that we know they can play, I'm picking them to lose. I'm picking them to lose to Green Bay. I'm picking them to lose to the Raiders. I'm picking them to lose to the Chargers again. I'm picking them to lose to Denver. No, no. Denver is better. I think Denver is better than the Giants. Oh, now they lost Von Miller. So maybe maybe I'll walk that back. I'm telling you, dude. They could literally. The only team. Who that's, a great white you just that's a great white you just jumped. <laughs> you you think you think that they they just they just almost lost to the Giants. Dog, Denver, on dude, Denver Night is two scoops of ass. Okay, you're not so going to stay here so and the tell me the Chiefs no, are terrible. Man, dude. They're terrible. Okay, at the end of the day, I get it. The Chiefs have played just horrendous football all season long. But I love the pat on crack. That's hilarious. But my goodness, <laughs> man. It is. I am turning heel. John, I'm, you're, I'm you're, you're about to tell me Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody. You're about to tell me Teddy Bridgewater. They just almost lost to Daniel oh, Jones. Oh, my God. They just almost Patrick, lost to Daniel Jones. Chill. Okay. Come Again, how am I the voice of reason here? You're not going to sit here and just completely tell me, seriously, you think Denver is a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. No, no. I don't think they're a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think half the teams on the rest of the Chiefs' schedule are better than the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Kansas City Chiefs cannot play good football right now. And when you turn the ball – this is the NFL, man. When you turn the ball over in the NFL, you stand a chance to lose to anybody. Anybody. Those other guys are NFL players too. So right now, no, do I think – the? no, of course I don't think Denver is better than the Chiefs. But Denver – has a chance to beat the Chiefs just like every other NFL team on the schedule because the Chiefs can't take care of the football. Well, then we're going to say that every week, okay, because the Jets beat the Bengals. So we can say any given Sunday. If if that's the take. But but this isn't any given Sunday. It's not not the Chiefs could lose to Denver because any given Sunday. It's the Chiefs could lose to Denver because the Chiefs are playing terrible football. They have not shown that they can play a consistent four quarters of a football game, and they're always a couple bad bounces and bad plays away from losing. To anybody that they play, they could have lost to the Eagles, they could have lost to Washington, and they could have lost to the Giants tonight. So you're telling me it's it's a it's a jumping the shark to say that they could lose to Denver? Get out of here. By the way, before we even continue, we have 400 people in the chat. Thank you so much for coming in and supporting the show. We love it. Give a little thumbs up for you guys. Subscribe to the channel, please, if you don't already. Appreciate it so much. Now, look, uh, yeah, I, I got to rein them back in because at this point, um, although I do, I do appreciate all the hashtags. This has actually gotten pretty funny. That the pat on crack thing is my personal favorite, but <laughs> there's also Alzheimer's Allen, which is amazing. Um, 
Although there, there is a few for Patrick. Look, Pat over Matt and Burt Reynolds. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. RJ, love you too, man. Uh, listen, I think it's. I don't think they're losing to Denver, but I don't. But who cares, right? Like at this point, their next three games. Like, let's just all right. So let's just take a step back here and let's look forward. All right, they're four and four. They're healthy. Their next three games, to me, are going to determine how the season goes. Like, take all of it aside for a second. Let's all just go back. Wow, Patrick Scott accused of being Alex Jones. That's all, right, all, right, all right, Mike. All right, Mike. That's crossing the line there. That's crossing the line. Yeah, you say they're going to lose to Denver. You see what happens. Well, these next three games, to me, all bullshit aside, are going to determine how this year goes. If they win two of these three games somehow, I think you can go into the bye week feeling like there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Because their last six games coming out of that, if they play well, are a lot of winnable football games. The problem is, obviously, they're not playing well. So you've got these games now that, look, I, I agree with everybody and everything that's been said. I think the Packers are going to come in here and boat race the hell out of them. And God knows I'm going to pick that way. But I will also be honest and say this. If the Chiefs play the way that they can play, they could absolutely win that game. But we have no evidence to see to say that they will do that. That's the problem we de- we're dealing with right now. We also have a Raiders game the following week in, on Sunday Night Football, which will be live right after. In fact, all the three of these games are going to be live right afterwards, immediately after the game. Uh, another reason to subscribe. But to me, guys, that's it. Like those three games, if they get swept out of these games, they're done. If they go one and two, they could still make the playoffs because I think the, the last six games they could win a lot of games even if they're not playing that well, but they're not going to be any threat. If th- this, this to me – is where I love a Lee Moore 13 or 13 and 4, 12 or 5. God bless, man. I hope so. Um, these next three games are going to define who they are. They're either going to get it going right now, which I feel like we've been saying for a while, or they're going to fall apart. And I don't think there's any other way. I don't think there's any middling the, the road here. It's one way or the other. Hey, Matt, any chance? I'm not saying I believe it, but I'm saying any chance do you think Andy Reid may have been holding something back? For the Packers game. We've seen him do it in the past. We've seen him do it against bad teams. Any chance you think that, you know what, they came up kind of bland. The offense was very bland outside of the horrendous trick play in the end zone. Any chance they're holding some back? I don't think so. If they they are, that's insane. Like, if they are, then they they were down in the fourth quarter to the Giants, right? I just think they're just mentally shot. I really do. Now, I also will say this, though. I really believe this. And anybody who's ever played sports on any level, and God knows I only played high school and I was barely athletic enough for that. And I didn't even play football. I played other sports, hockey, baseball. I do think, though, if you've ever played a sport in your life, even on those levels, you know that mentally, even when you're in a spot like that, all it takes sometimes is a couple things to go right. And then you start believing that more good things are going to go right. But when you're on the other side of that, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like It's like, oh, God, well, something bad happens, and now something else bad is going to happen. They need something good to happen. They just they need a game. And, and it could be next week where they just come out and they have the perfect game plan and they just feel good and, and everything's working and they're they're executing. And for people to say that, oh, there's no way it could happen, the Jets just beat the Bengals. Okay? It happens. It does happen. But it's just, they need to get right. They just need something to go their way, a tip ball to get picked off, but for them this time. Right? Like, or – they need they need a, a deep ball that just gets put right on the hands of a Tyreek. Like, can it happen? Yeah. And and by the way, I think at some point it will happen. It's just is it too late? 
it will be too late when it happens. That's where they are. I don't know. I like I really honestly like I've been saying all season, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been pretty positive. I've been pretty sunny about like, look, they we've seen like, I keep saying that we've seen them do this. We've seen them play well. So eventually they're gonna start playing well. I've I've been a big believer in eventually they're gonna stop turning the ball over because they just can't continue to turn the ball over at that rate. But I'm really starting to get scared that that they they are just broken this season, that they're just not focused. And it's just a it, the minute anything bad happens, they're going to go into a they're going into a panic, and then it just leads to more and more bad things happening. This, as soon as a ball gets tipped in the air, it gets picked off, and they're like, "Oh God, it's happening again." As soon as as soon as Mahomes you know smells a whiff of pressure, he's like, "Oh God, oh God," he starts getting happy feet. Um, I'm really really concerned. I want to I want to talk a little bit about the defense though because the defense did if we're we're looking for some silver linings in this game aside from from Derek Gore. The defense did play much better. Now, again, it was the Giants, a very depleted, not very good New York Giants offense. But still, they couldn't stop anybody earlier in the season. They couldn't stop the run. They did a really good job today. Uh, There were a couple plays there. And one, of course, was when Chris Jones was in the middle. And Chris Jones got in the backfield so fast on that play, he lost track of the ball carrier. He went right by him. You know, and he was turning around and the ball carrier was confused. His center was confused. He was like, wait, what's going on? Did we run a play? You know, it was like when you're it's like when you're walking through a door or something and you run into somebody else and you go left, but they go left and then you go right. There. And it, uh, anyway, um, so those were some good signs. Sterling, you, you mentioned John Reed. You saw some things from 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 him and from others on the defense. What, what were your big takeaways from the way the defense played today? Uh, so they showed up late. Right. That's what really mattered. That's going to be the lasting impact. Throughout the game, though, it was much the same. Chris Jones, kind of where were you for the entire game? Frank Clark had his, like Matt said, maybe his best game of the season. But when you're getting paid that much, you expect more. Um, Dana looked out of position a few times when I noticed him there. Uh, Jaron Reed, though, again, he showed up a couple of times. It's one of those things where it needs to all come together. When you're getting, what, 25% of the cap space going to the defensive line, you expect greatness. I don't expect to show up on an occasional series. I don't expect to, okay, we stopped the Giants. We held them to 17 points, right? That's what you're supposed to do. When you have so much money, so much invested in this one position group, you need more. And this could be the start of something. Like, you again, you always need a spark. Maybe this is the spark. Maybe this is what gets them going. But I'm going to have to wait and see. If they do it against the Packers, because the Packers have a very good offensive line, I'll say, all right, may, maybe we have something here. but. It was a start. Well, first of all, so I've, I've been reading the uh, the chat as we've been going here, and I want to get to real quick. You know, I'm going to touch on the defense. Janine Byrne asked, uh, "Do I think G- Veach made a, makes a desperation trade?" She also earlier said that she's convinced at this point that Sorensen has like nude photographs of somebody, and that's why he's getting snaps. I, I think that's fair. I, I got to tell you, Janine, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think it's, and there's got to be some very unflattering photos at that. Um, but it's, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're going to make a trade. And I know that they've been – I can tell you that they, in the past two weeks, have been sniffing around, and that's not just me. I mean, that's been out there a little bit, but that is true. Um, look, they tried to sign Ingram in the offseason, so they like him quite a bit. Will the Steelers trade him to the Chiefs? Doesn't seem like it. They were in on Merciless, didn't happen. Von Miller was never going to the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, frankly, were wise not to pay a second or third-round pick. I like Von Miller. That is a, it's a premium. But I think, look, defensively, I actually think the back seven – save for Sorensen, is like starting to figure it out. 
I really do. Their corners are playing pretty well. I've seen a couple people say Sneed wasn't good tonight. I thought Sneed was fine. I mean, the one play, he slipped, unfortunately. He would have had a pick six. I can't kill him for that. He just he slipped. He fell. I think the corners are fine. They're not great, but they're fine. You know, Matthew has not been the, the difference maker that he needs to be, but he hasn't been a liability either. And I say the same thing for Thornhill the last couple of weeks. Their biggest problem right now is they're not going to pass rush. I thought it was better tonight, but it still wasn't good. They need to kick Jones inside. And this stuff with Neiman and Sorensen, look, I'm, I'm, we're beating the hell out of a dead horse at this point. It just, it has to stop. It has to stop, especially Neiman. It's just ridiculous. There is no reason. I, I'm to the point, seriously, play Dorian O'Daniel. I don't care anymore. Good play him. What is he going to do? Be worse? Like, at least Dorian O'Daniel yeah. can run. And I, right. and I don't I don't care what their rationale is. I don't care about it. So, listen, I think the defense actually is showing some signs of life, but it, it's being it, it's being put under a lot of pressure by the offense. It just keeps turning the ball over. I mean, we don't talk about it from that angle a lot. Think about how many times the defense has been put in a spot this year where the Chiefs just turn the ball over. And they've got to run back out there, quick change. Maybe they're in the middle of making corrections. Well, you can't make them now because you're back on the field because you just threw another interception. Like, those are hard things. You talk to anybody in the league, they'll tell you, like, the hardest thing to do as a defense is on those quick change types of possessions to get right and get right because you're in the middle of doing different things on the sideline. The Chiefs defense, I honestly think, will continue to get a little bit better, which is the good news. The bad news is if, it, if this offense plays like this, it just doesn't matter. It just makes no and, – and they – I mean, 23 points the last two weeks. I never thought we'd say it in a million years about this team, but it's yeah. 23 points a week. They yeah. somehow won one of them. Hey, Vernon, yeah. can, can you reach out to Spags? You both have that Northeastern accent, so maybe he'll listen to you. You know, Maybe he will respond better to your your F-bombs than some Midwestern schmo I'm, over here. I'm guessing from <laughs> Spagnolo, I'm, uh, the name, I'm assuming he's Italian. We can bond over that. We can sit down. We can have some meatballs. We, we can have some pasta fazool. We can talk about it. I'm here to talk about it. I, and I understand I know nothing compared to him. Like, I'm basically just a PE teacher compared to Steve Spagnuolo, and that's fine. But I got to tell you, and I think everybody else in here could say the same thing. Like, everyone can look at this defense and notice that, oh, my God, like, Ben Neiman's terrible. And I feel – and honestly, guys, I'll say it one more time, and this will be the last I'll say it tonight. I feel bad for Ben Neiman. I really do. He's being put in positions that he has no chance. He has no chance. How would you feel if you were put in a position at work where you just knew you were going to get fired because you just couldn't do it? It's crazy. Put your people in a position to succeed. I mean, they are an organization. They're a football team, but they're an organization. You're putting people in the worst spot imaginable. They can't do it. And I got to tell you, Daniel Jones is going to take advantage of it. Do you know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do if they're putting those guys in man coverage? He's going to go after them repeatedly. It's not yeah. their fault. It's their coach's fault. Discount yeah, double check. It's going to be... So from a scheme perspective, speaking of Spagnolo, I, I did feel like there was some for finally it was a little bit different. It was a little bit varied. They actually ran some stunts, some twists, and it helped them generate a little bit more of a of a pass rush. Did, did you notice that, Vernon? Did you think that they were trying a few new things out there? I did. I mean, they brought a lot of pressure tonight in terms of blitzing. And I thought I thought it was at least uh, it, it's. It was at least an effort to go out and get after him. By the way, I see the comment. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. We actually, uh, to answer your question, D. Patrick uh, Allen and I actually, I think years and years and years ago, crossed paths first in Arrowhead Pride, like a decade ago, when yeah, Patrick was going to the site, and I was just a commenter. Um, through it all kind of began, and then we've been working here for six and a half years together. But I uh, appreciate the compliment. Look, I, I think at some point here, you just really need to drill down and say, listen, 
you know, we have to be creative. I thought they were tonight to answer your question. I thought they did try to get some some unique pressures. And I thought tonight they did okay in that regard. Like they had three sacks. They only had five quarterback hits, which is, by the way, the same number that the Giants had. It wasn't overwhelming, but I thought it at least made some some checkdowns happen. They, they made Jones move a little bit. I'm going to say this right now. If they don't do that against Green Bay, good night. If they don't get to him and he can just sit back there, it's going to be in a slaughter. Just is. They, yeah. they have to get to him. Like, to me, if you're the Chiefs, you double Adams, you single everybody else up, and you take your chances, and you just go for it. Because if you sit back and seven and eight guys, he's, he's going to kill you. He is just going to—he's going to throw for 450 yards. They have to go after him. The thing that scares me the most, and it's really—it's one of the few things that I really thought that it, it, the Giants didn't do a lot that well on offense in this game. It was a ton of screens, which the Chiefs get beat on nearly every time. It's been this way all season long. It's been driving me absolutely insane. That I think is what scares me the most about the the game next week is Aaron Rodgers throwing screens to those running backs because they're really good at it. They've burned the Chiefs before on that. And I just think it could have a field day with it because they've got to defend the whole field. Like they're not too worried about Daniel Jones going deep on them or anything like that. Oh God, what's going to happen when you get Aaron Rodgers in there and he starts dumping off some of those screens because everybody's worried about the balls over the top. I think it's going to be ugly next week. I think it's going to be really, really ugly. I, I, the Chiefs have done nothing this season to make me believe that they could hang with the Packers for a quarter, let alone an entire game. I, I'm like, I have anxiety about it. Just talking about it, thinking about watching the game next week. I mean, Patrick, though, it's not like the Packers have been out here blowing every single team out, right? The Packers have been, I, I would say, underperforming or barely winning games as well. It's not like they're sitting here winning every single game 38 to 10. I think the Packers defense is legit. I think they're, they figured that aspect out from last season. I think Aaron Rodgers and their offense is legit, but they haven't been blowing teams out. I, I don't know what it is, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs have the talent. It's not like the Chiefs are some team that has zero talent. I get it. They played horrible football this entire season. I, I'm still on the on the fence. It's, it's going down, but I'm still on the side of they'll eventually figure it out. Will it be this upcoming week? I hope so. I'm going to be at the game, so I'm, I'm hoping they don't lay an egg. But – just to say the Chiefs have no chance or saying the Chiefs just write it off, they're not going to beat the Packers, I think that's asinine. There's still too much talent, too much pride on this team. I've got to base my opinion on what I'm seeing on the field. And what I'm seeing on the field is a team that is not very good, that's going up against a team that's lost, what, one game? Packers have lost once? Yeah, first week of the so, season. you know, it's not college football. You can't expect to blow everybody out. Guys, I mean, Mahomes averaged 5.7 yards a pass against the Giants at home. Like, it, this is the, it, the only chance I think the Chiefs have, based on the way that they're playing now, is if the defense continues to improve and, and can keep the game close. But right oh, now, oh. not a lot of confidence. So here, here's some good news, bad news coming out of the press conference right now. So Andy Reid on Chris Jones' success is per Nate Taylor, great read over at The Athletics. His quotes from, from Andy Reid, quote, some of it was just him, Chris Jones, feeling better. He's so effective in there at DT. Then Chris Jones goes up to the podium and says he tore ligaments in his wrist earlier this year, which is why he wasn't playing. I feel a lot better now. I wouldn't say 100%. I'm good enough to play to my best ability. Then later said he does not think he'll be 100% the rest of the year, but that he can play with it. So like To me, I give Jones a lot of credit 
for playing through it and giving his best effort when he's got a $20 million paycheck coming and he doesn't have to do that. Like that's the kind of stuff that some of these guys should look at and go, hey, like this guy's out here playing hard as he can. I, I get look, people are getting on Kelsey, which I, I do not agree with at all, by the, by the way. But like Kelsey's out there playing his ass off. Like and he 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 wasn't good tonight. Fine, he fumbled the ball. I I never ever worry about Travis Kelsey's effort. I never sit there and think to myself, man, they're not getting an honest night out of Kelsey. I I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And by the way, I you know, I see the comment. Kelsey's an old man now. I mean, I'll tell you what. If he's an old man, I'll take him. They're eight games into the year, and uh, that old man is on pace for twelve hundred yards. <laughs> so he's doing all right. I mean, come on, guys. Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? See, this is, this is where we go crazy. I'm sorry. And with all due respect, thank you for listening and all that. But, hey, we're all, we're all entitled to our opinion. Travis Kelsey is, in t- is on pace for roughly 100 receptions for, f- for, for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, come on. Like, that's one of the greatest seasons of all time for a tight end. And Guys, I'm not arguing he didn't play well tonight, but come on. That's the problem. Travis Kelsey's the problem on this team. I could point out about 35 things wrong with this team before I get to Travis Kelsey. He and t- they're getting doubled and they're being taken away. That that's what I so you know, sometimes guys, it's it's more than just this talk radio bullshit that people love to do because it's easy. No offense, Sterling, but I wow, mean come on, Verderang <laughs> coming out of me, huh? So oh man, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that, 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 that easy, there's that low-hanging fruit, right? Oh, like so that I'm easy. No, but I think, you know, it's, it's that easy, low-hanging fruit, right? That that quick segment of like, well, you know, because let's face it, if you're doing TV, you're doing radio, often, you don't have time to get deep into an issue because you've got things to do, interviews to get to. The point is, Travis Kelsey's getting doubled. Tyreek Hill's getting doubled. And the Chiefs aren't forcing these doubles off these guys because they're not getting Hardman open, and they're not getting Robinson open, and they're not even playing Gordon. They're not running the ball. Mahomes isn't stepping up into pockets. He's bailing out of the backside, or, he, or he's scrambling out to the left or to the right. And he's breaking down the integrity of the play. Their their receiving weapons are ridiculous. The top two, they're ridiculous. They're not the problem. It's what's around them right now that's the problem. It's Andy Reid. It's Mahomes' turnovers. It's Mahomes bailing out of these pockets. It's the inability to run the ball. That's the problem. I'll tell you right now, if they're going to beat the Packers, if they're going to hang in this game, they're going to have to run the football effectively. They're going to have to take what's given to them underneath. They're going to have to defensively, they're going to have to get some pressure on Rodgers. If they can't do that, good night. Dig a grave, throw them in it. They have no shot in that game. The same thing goes for Dallas. They have to be able to do that. Hey, I'm going to say this then. I'm confident the Chiefs beat the Packers. I, I, this is the one that I think wow. the Chiefs, they, they step up. I'm thinking it. I'm feeling it. They've not, what, won back-to-back games all season long? You know, remember that, that spread streak they were on where they couldn't cover a spread and they eventually broke it? Yes. This is the one I think they break. I think they break through here. They're going to have to because I think you're right. If they don't, season's over. Forget about playoffs. We're talking about maybe Tyron Matthew. Like, what happens? I think they they come through against the Packers. Patrick, you and me, shotgun. Chiefs win, you got a shotgun of beer. (laughs) Come on. Hey, I'm confident, baby. Back can I up. can I do some sort of shot? I was never good at shotgunning beers. I'm not I good either. That's, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> if the Chiefs beat the if the Chiefs beat the Packers, I will. I'll tell you this: I won't shotgun it. If the Chiefs beat the Packers on this podcast, maybe maybe I'll uh, may get fired. I'll do a I'll do a Stone Cold two Miller Lights 
All right. On the podcast to open the podcast. Fair? Deal. I love it. They they lose you shotgun one to to start the podcast. They win. I'm stone colding two Miller Lights or some other cheap domestic brew. So I'm going to do the rest. And I'm going to do the rest of the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, the next time you're on. The next time I'm on. The next time you're on, you shotgun the beer and I'll stone cold it and I'll sit here soaked in beer and a puddle of, of beer. For the rest of the podcast, because I will glad if the Chiefs beat the Packers. Yes, Patrick three sixteen. I love it. If the Chiefs beat the Packers, I will gladly be be covered in beer uh, for the whole podcast because uh, you know that would be pretty much the greatest thing I can think of right now. Based on, I mean, I haven't enjoyed a single Chiefs game this season. Have you guys enjoyed a single game this year? No, like from a fan oh, perspective. No. No, second no. half, second half of Clearly. the Washington game. Second half of Washington. I was also golfing. They were so better it was nice. I, I, yeah. had the, I had the game on my golf cart while I was hitting some bombs. It was great. <laughs> I mean, the only game I've enjoyed this year, and it was only one half of football, is Cleveland. I was so pissed at them in the Washington game for the first half. I didn't even enjoy that. I Like, do you know that they're one in four if they're not playing the NFC East this year? Yeah. It's, can't beat anybody. They it's, haven't it's, beat, they've beaten one. We're the halfway Browns. through the season. They've beaten one AFC team. They've beaten the Browns. They've won one. They, they're just atrocious against everybody else. And you know what the shame of it is, really? Is, is, look, to bring it all full circle here, as I guess we're pretty close to wrapping it, if they don't turn the ball over at the record pace they're turning the ball over, what is their record? I mean, they would have beat Baltimore. They clearly would have beat the Chargers. We'd be sitting here talking about them at 6-2. and two. Like, I don't think Buffalo, the Titans, they, they yeah. wouldn't have won this game. Fine. 6-2. and two. And we'd be like, man, they're in great shape. They're tied for the best record in the conference. They're, they're, you know, they, they, got a good, they got a good hold on the division. The turnovers kill you. And, I, and I'll be the first to say, early in the year, I'm like, hey, listen, man, it's a rash turnovers. They'll get through it. At some point, you are what you are. You yeah. are who you are. You know? Like, in life, if you have a self-destructive personality, unfortunately, it's kind of who you are until proven otherwise, right? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just that's what it is. And unfortunately for them right now, they have a self-destructive personality from a football standpoint. They just beat themselves. They beat themselves. They, they never stop with it. And you know, I, I was I was honestly is a weird word to use about a football team and just me being someone watching them. I was ashamed of them tonight offensively. The turnovers are just unbelievable. I, I mean, how many times do you have to turn the ball over before you just stop doing it? I mean, how do you fumble like the interception's bad enough? The fumbles just kill me. Like right. you know teams are going for you. You know what they you know what's happening. I, how do you still fumble the ball? How do you still do it every game? That's where they just they lose me. They they lose me with this stuff, and and they deserve every bit of criticism they get for it. Quickly, Verda Ram, yeah. remember the year that they had just an obscene amount of fumbles, obscene amount of turnovers. Remember that Detroit game? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the year they won the Super Bowl? Yes. It's possible they can figure it out, and I get it. Say I'm being too optimistic, but. I'm just saying, eventually, I'm, I'm one of the guys that say turnovers especially are one of those those stats or one of those things that eventually gets turned towards the mean, right? If you turn them over a ton, eventually it comes back down. You're aggressed towards the mean. If you don't turn the ball over a lot, like the Chiefs didn't last year, eventually it'll come back to normal. Eventually, I think the Chiefs are waiting for it to come back to normal. Happen this Super Bowl year. It can still happen now. I hope, you know, I hope you're right. And I'm glad you're still optimistic, Sterling, because the Chiefs, you know, 
You're not on every every episode of this podcast. Vertorim and I are in probably 80% of them, 90%. We've been beaten down, I think. <laughs> so we need someone like you to to pull us back from the ledge, all the rest of us Chiefs fans who are who are ready to jump. Uh, we need somebody to pull us back and tell us there's a, there's actually possible because they're breaking our spirit. But I think the problem for me with the Chiefs right now is that the arrow's going like this. So, so the point that you were making earlier, Vertoram, they they could have a couple more wins, and they played well on offense against some 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 really good teams. And we were all sitting here and we were like, man, the defense is terrible, but they can figure it out, and they just got to stop turning the ball over on offense. Now defense is playing a little bit better, but the offense is getting worse. They're playing worse and they're turning the ball over, which is really concerning. And that's what that's where I'm worried that they've got it's all upstairs. And that, you know, as, as Matt was saying earlier, hopefully they can have a game where they can just play really good football and they get back in the group. But that's what I thought this game was supposed to be. Because yeah, now you've um, got the the Packers and the Cowboys coming up. It's uh Where's your get right game. Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star does great work. Um he tweeted out. The, the Chiefs' 19th turnover of the season, which was their final one, I believe, um, is a season record for the Chiefs under Andy Reid, where eight games into the season. Um, Mahomes after the game, per Aaron Ladd, who also does great work in KC over at uh, KSHB 41, the NBC affiliate. Patrick Mahomes, quote, I think we're going to snap out of it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. That would be, just be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it, folks? I mean, here we are, 11.32 yeah. at night. And God, by the way, everyone in this chat, God bless you. So 11.32, yeah. we're three dopes who have been rambling on for an hour. You can see the shine off my head. You got you got Sterling over there who's one drink away from being face down in that, that throw pillow. Oh, that thing's empty. I'm sure the yeah. bottle is as well. It's a train wreck. It actually is. I mean, Pat, he's had more hashtags thrown at him than, than uh, most people on Twitter get in a, in a year. So yeah, quite yeah. a chat. Listen, you know what, guys, I'll leave it at this. I think I think with all this being said, and it's all valid, and it all matters, and it's why we're here, um, and God bless you, Dar863. It's 1232 in Maine. God, God bless all of you. My father just tweeted me, 1232. Yeah, I know that. I know. <laughs> New York, my father, he's involved. Um if I know my father seething right now over about five different things with the Chiefs and the Knicks who lost tonight. Um, but look, what matters now are these next three games. That's it. Like, that's it. If they if they somehow can write the ship in these games, if they Sean Mansfield, Connecticut, and I love going to Connecticut. I got a little family cottage up in Connecticut. Go there all the time. We'll go to Watch Hill. It's awesome. If they can win these next three games, a two of the three, which is obviously feels impossible right now. But if they can do it, it's a totally different season. Everything changes. Everything feels different. All of a sudden, the vibe's good. You're going to the bye. You're coming out of it. You got Denver at home. Everything changes. These three games, this is this is it. Like they, You've reached the point now of no – you're at the edge of the cliff. You're either going to start backing off or you're going to right off the edge. Yeah. And we're going to find out in these three. And if they can beat the – I mean, if they beat the Packers, if Sterling's right and I'm sitting here pounding, pounding Steve Weisers, um, I, that, that could be the type of game because – you know, they've beaten these in, like inferior teams talent-wise, right? And it hasn't helped them. It hasn't done anything. And they've gotten stomped by all the good teams they played, especially recently. So if they were to come out and play a good game against the Packers and play to their potential, that could be the catalyst that snaps them out of it. And they're like, oh, we're the Chiefs. And they just and they get their, their swagger back. Before you get out of here, I got a couple of awards I want to give out. Uh, one, one bad, one good. I'm going to give out the oft-used Savvy Piscatelli Award for Defensive Futility. Oh, God. And that one 
has to go to our guy, Dirty Dan, who, aside from, you know, yeah, giving up the big play, congratulations, Dirty Dan, Savvy Piscatelli Award for Defensive Futility. You know, he's a pro wrestler now, or maybe he was for a while. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was like wrestling. He just, old Jersey just went out there and uh, just got right down there in the, you know, in the squared circle. Um, but you got to, you got to tip your hat to him. This is not only was he terrible again, but on the pass interference play, he cheated and he still let the guy catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to get the flag, at least yeah, make did. sure he doesn't catch the ball. Maybe you get away with it or something. Just absolutely embarrassing. I mean, that was one of the, it was almost a play where, you know, did they, did they decline it? I think they declined it because he oh, actually yeah, he fell, <laughs> fell yeah. a yard further and got more. It's just absolutely incredible. So that one goes to Dan. But I do have one uh, good positive award to give out. And we have not, I, I wrote these a long time ago, and we've not given this award out, I don't think, yet on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. So I'm excited about this one. This one is the Willie Rofe uh, Pancake Award for Blocking Excellence. And that one goes to Trey Smith. Absolutely incredible tonight, as he's been all season, but had a nice viral block there that had our, you know, guys, a friend of the show, Jeff and former chief Jeff Schwartz was, was, uh, Got a little hot and bothered by it. Uh, love to see that kind of offensive line play from those guys. And if you're looking for some some silver linings here for the Chiefs, there's and Matt, you said this earlier. There's a lot of good young talent on this team. Willie Gay made a play. Um, you know, you're seeing more out of Nick Bolton. You're seeing Trey Smith. You're seeing seeing Creed Humphrey. And like these are positions that matter, especially the offensive very well line. Tonight. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Which, by the way, every, the next time the next time somebody says to me, "Well, they should just fire Brett Veach," really? They should really. I. What are you talking about? He's had some mistakes, but my God, go look at go find the general manager who has it. I mean, Mickey Loomis has had a lot of success in New Orleans, and guess what? The Saints don't have a quarterback under contract next year. That's a starter. There's sixty million over the cap. Okay, that's the Saints. We're one of the best run organizations in football. Sixty million over the cap. Veach has put a lot of good young team talent on this team. He's made some mistakes as well. I won't deny that. The Clark contract obviously disappoints an anchor. They have talent. That guys, that's let's call it what it is. That's what makes it so frustrating. They're talented. If they just sucked, I'd, I think I've proven I'm honest. I'd be the first one up here being like, this team blows. They have no <laughs> talent. Fire everybody. I'd say it. They have talent. They're two time defending AFC champions. Like, look, we all see this from a Chiefs perspective, but I also do cover the league nationally. So I see it from the outside as well. You think there's a fan base in the world that wants them coming in there in a playoff game? Like, you, really? You think somebody wants to see the Chiefs over the friggin' Steelers right now? As bad as the Chiefs have played, you think Buffalo's like, yeah, bring Kansas City in in a wild card game or in a division? Like, of course not. Of course not. Because everybody in the world knows that if they play the way they can play, they'll probably beat anybody they play. But they have just been a mess. And they're either going to fix it or they're not. And to me, the witching hours here, you got these three games. They saved their season by winning tonight as ugly as it was. Now they got these three games. What are you going to do? You're going to win one. You're going to win two. You're going to win none. You're going to win them all. What do you got? Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, and we're going to focus on how they played, but at the end of the day, things couldn't have gone too much better for the Chiefs this week in terms of the way things were shaking out in the AFC. A lot of contenders lost. The field tightened up a little bit. The Raiders were idle. And the Chiefs got the victory. And if they do turn it around, we're not going to be looking back and be like, yeah, but that Giants game, it should have been that close. Just like there were some games last year that shouldn't have been that close. So, you know, looking for some silver lining, that's it. They're four and four. They have a chance. 
That's all you, at this point, after the way they've played, we're, we probably should be thanking our lucky stars that they're four and four and that they have a chance and that there's an expanded playoff field and all those types of things. They could turn it around. Man, they got Andy Reid, they got Patrick Mahomes, they got all these weapons. Um, they, they, they could make a run, um, but they, they got to show us. They got to show us before we can believe. Hey, listen, everybody out there, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is the most successful live stream I believe that we have had to date. That's because of you. That's because of you following us on Twitter, you following and subscribing to the YouTube channel, subscribing on iTunes. We got a lot of great and very kind reviews this week over on Apple Podcasts. We thank you for those. We'll read those reviews later in the week. If you leave us a review, five-star review, and you leave a rating over there, we'll read it. Ask us a question. We'll read it on the podcast, not the live game shows usually, but in the midweek episodes. Um, Sterling and Matt Connor will be back on Tuesday. All right. They'll talk a little bit more about this game. Thursday, you get me and Verderam again. We'll preview that Packers game. And then we'll all be back here on Sunday night to break down whatever is going to be from this game. Um, maybe I'll be pouring some beers on on my head. Like cross your fingers for that one. I'll even go to the store and buy them just in case. Um, I want to thank Richard Durante, our producer, who's been running the chat uh, all night here and the whole stream getting your comments and, and, and all your Patrick's a crackhead um, uh, hashtags up on the screen. Appreciate that. How, how did you guys feel that we did tonight on a, on a toxicity level for, for Chiefs Kingdom? Uh, did, uh, we, did, we meet, did we meet the bar? You know, I'm sure I would be called toxic by some. Ryan, I see your question. When am I going to be on with Seren again? I don't know. Hopefully this week. Seren's a great dude. I enjoy being on his show. Um and I, by the way, the F-bomb counter, I think, was four. Jacobs is five. Either way, it was higher than it normally is. I apologize. I, dro- I dropped one, I think. It was four and a shit. It was four and a shit. Four shit. So okay, good. It, it right. like a point I, I, I need variety. Um, yeah. Good, good. Well, thank you all for keeping I, – I feel like I probably ought to keep that in check more, but if, if people are doing a counter, then maybe the hell with it. Um, and you know what? Thank you. I just want to say quickly, thank you to everybody who who listened and watched the show. Um. I can't believe one person cares what I think about the Chiefs. So the fact that so many people are tuning in and enjoying it, uh, that's awesome. Thank you for all the new subscribers. Thank you for the people who already have been subscribing. Um, And like Patrick said, we are going to have a lot of shows this week. Matt Connor will be on as well. Um, It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about the Chiefs and the Packers. And, hey, look, who knows? I'll say one thing with the Chiefs this year. (laughs) Who the hell knows what to expect? So (laughs) – Keeping it interesting. Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep it interesting. All right, everybody. We're going to let you get some sleep. Hey, don't forget, the last thing we'll leave you this, the Chiefs won. They won a damn football game. It's, uh, don't take those for granted in the NFL. There were some 2-14 and 14 seasons back there in the day that we all we all remember. So uh, thank you so much for listening. For Sterling Holmes, for Matt Verder, and for Patrick Allen, for our producer, Richard Durante. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And as always... Go Chiefs! When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save.